Hello, I'm Dr. Shantae, and welcome to season four of Believe in Bigger Podcast. I'm gonna pipe in that Michael Jackson music. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Yes! It's lit, people. It's lit, ladies and gentlemen. This is a happy time. So, Pod Class, our episode today, this is episode two in season four. We're gonna be talking about building in vain. I was just telling some people in Pod Class that, like, I have a huge range of musical taste and likes. I mean, from reggae to rock, like, it's all in my playlist. And Bob Marley has this song, Waiting in Vain. Okay, I don't want to be waiting here for nothing. If if you don't like me, if it ain't going to happen, if you don't see no future for us, I don't want to wait in vain. And that's what we're talking about today. Building in vain. Because, you know, we're influencers. We're entrepreneurs. We are platform builders. But today we're talking about are you building for nothing, for nada? Are you doing this for no gain? So our guiding thought for this episode is Psalms 127.1, which says... Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So what does that mean? We're going to be talking about three things today. The dangers of building in vain. I feel like a Baptist preacher. You know, like Baptist preacher always got to have like them three points, but at least it keeps me organized and focused. Okay, so don't judge. So we're going to be talking about the dangers of building in vain when God is not in it. God as the watchman. And then at the end, you have to ask yourself, okay, are you operating in or outside the will of God? Hopefully by the end of this episode, you will be able to ascertain that. So let's talk about the dangers of building in vain. So what happens when your efforts amount to nothing? Show of hands, how many of you have ever put like some some time, some effort, some resources, some energy into doing something and it just completely... Just, every, okay, so listeners, everybody in the room, their hand is raised. Like they worked hard, they put in some sweat equity, some elbow grease, and it just patat. It, it did nothing. It went nowhere. Okay, and so when that happens, here's the dangers of of what happens with that. Not only um, are you wasting your sweat equity, but it is a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of effort. And then negative emotions tend to come from that. And when I say negative emotions, things like depression or disappointment or bitterness or resentment, okay? Things like negative behavior, social media rants. I would like to think that in 2017, social media rants had like run their course, but no, when people get in their feelings, they run to social media. And I'm like, what did we do before social media? Like when you got mad, where did you go? I, I have to believe that social media put like the journaling industry out of business because negative behavior, people get on there, or you think people, your friends, or you think people going to support you, or well, you know, just all kinds of just anger, negative behavior. You blocking people on your phone, you're unfollowing, unfriending, restricting access. I mean, you are just acting a, a plum monkey because you in your feelings, okay? Because you did something, you put an event together, didn't nobody show up, and you like, forget you being, you know, and you huffing and puffing and you mad about it. It's like, okay, you know, and, and it's also dangerous because you are reluctant to try again. So when you have put all your efforts and time and money and resources into doing something and it falls flat, like it just blows up in your face, you are reluctant to try again and you are discouraged. 
okay? And so that's what we're trying to avoid. We don't want you to be building in vain. We don't want you in your feelings. We don't want you on social media huffing and puffing and, and, and blowing your house down. Y'all remember that like when kids get mad, they, they, can't, they can't even breathe and talk all the way because they just so mad. Yeah, we're we, we trying to avoid that. I'm trying to keep you out of that place on today, okay? More dangers of building in vain. When you do that, it leaves God out of the equation. It leaves God out of the equation. That's always a dangerous proposition for believers, okay? If you're not a believer, okay, so if you don't accept God as a Savior and Lord and you don't believe in the resurrection of Christ and all of that, so if, if you're not a believer, this doesn't apply to you, okay? Because God still loves you, but he loves you enough to turn you over to yourself. He's like, hey, go do you, boo. Go do you for the 60, 75 years you're going to be here because eternity is going to be one. And when you think it's been one, it's going to be a million more ones. So I'm going to let you have your 75 years. Do you live long and prosper? Do that. Okay, do that. Um, but if you're a believer, John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, I'm the vine. I'm the root. I'm what makes it all happen. I'm, I, am, I am the engine, okay, that drives everything that you do. And if you try to do it apart from me, it's going to fail. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So God makes it very clear that you need to stay connected to him because I only speak for the scripture. I realized, I recognized a long time ago, um, I'm actually going to be talking to my mastermind group uh, tomorrow, like about influence. But once I realized that I had the power to influence people, I said, okay, if I'm going to speak, I'm going to have to speak from the text, okay? So that the accountability, it's like I'm going to pull straight from scripture so that I can't give my opinions. Everything that I say on this show, really from the first episode, I can back up in scripture and I stand on that. But God makes it clear that you need to stay connected to him if you want to bear much fruit because he says, whoever abides in me and I am him, he will bear much fruit. There is no ambiguity in that. It is literally like right there in black and white. If you stay with me, I'm going to stay with you and you're going to prosper. Mic drop. Essentially, that is what it says. So what happens when God is not in it? In order for us to see what that looks like, we're going to go all the way back to Genesis 11:2. Like, man, Dr. Shanta, you love that Old Testament. I do, I do, okay? Genesis 11, 1, 2, this is the story about the Tower of Babel, okay? A lot of people don't realize that that word Babel or babbling, like what are you saying? And when you can't understand somebody, it literally comes directly from this story. So Genesis 11, 1, 2 says this. Now the world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. So a lot of people don't realize that once upon a time, everybody in the world spoke the same language. Everybody. Okay? So everybody was speaking one language. And then what happened? Well, Genesis 11.4 says, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So this scripture says, Come, let us build ourselves a city so that we may make a name for ourselves. Your first clue is God in it. You tell me is God in it. Why do you want this? The thing that you want, the thing that you so passionately desire, if you want to be on stage singing on American Idol or The Voice or you want red carpet status, why do you want that? 
And if it's because so I can make a name for myself, I'm going to refer you to Genesis chapter 11 because God ain't nowhere in it. And here's the thing. Here's the beauty of the Lord, right? You could tell me anything. I just want to use this platform so that I can inspire others, you know, like it's a Miss America pageant. And I just want to use the gifts and the talents that I've been blessed to have to empower and inspire. You can tell me anything, baby. But God knows your heart. He knows your heart. So if your true intention, if your true motivation is so that you can make a name for yourself, if it's self-serving, then that's an indication that God is not in it. And what's funny is the clapback is real on this. They said, let us do this so we can do this. And so God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, the Trinity said, well, let us clap back like this, okay? And so Genesis 11, 7 through 9 says, well, come let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. So why is there Hebrew? Why is there Arabic? Why is there English? Is there Spanish? Is there French? Is there German? Why are there all of these languages? Because God said, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to mix it up so that you can't communicate with one another. So verse 9 says, that is why it was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And so if you ever wondered, how did that happen? That's how it happened. So when God is not in it, he's going to examine your motives first. So if you're saying, let me make a name for myself, if that's why you're doing it, immediately, that's a red flag. God is not in it. You'll see this a lot in the Old Testament where God talks about setting his face against somebody, okay? And I love it because it's so gangster. Like, you know, Jesus is all, don't be throwing stones. Don't be judging nobody. But God was gangster. He was, he was like the original OG, okay? So when God says, I'm going to set my face against you, he is literally. It, think about somebody getting in your face like, now what? He's in your face. He sets his face against you. And he's like, I dare you to try to move to the left, to the right. What are you going to do? Do something do something. So when God sets his face against you, there's no win. There is no win. The only out when God has set his face against you is repentance. To say, I'm sorry, I was tripping, I was smoking, I was drinking. My bad. Please forgive me. But when God sets his face against you, there is no win and you're not going to prosper. And he's going to remove people from you. So like, so what are the clues as to whether or not God is in it or not in it? When he confused the language of the people, they scattered. Exactly what they feared would happen is what happened. They said, let's do this together before we lose touch with one another, before we get scattered different places and we can't do things. But that's exactly what happened. So he removed them from their presence. You're not going to succeed and you're not going to have his protection, which brings us to God the watchman. The first part of this verse is, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that build it. But the second part of this says, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And verse two, it is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. So what does this mean? Whatever it is that you are building, so whatever your platform is, whatever your message is, whatever it is that you are building as an influencer, an entrepreneur, you are going to need God's protection. 
period. You are going to need protection from enemies because anytime you endeavor to do anything for God or on his behalf, you are going to attract resistance. Just as sure as my name is Shante, you will attract resistance. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So when you try to make a step towards good, there will immediately be pushback. Trust and believe it. You can set your watch to it. You are going to need protection from financial ruin because when God is not in it, you'll throw money into something, throw money into something, throw money into something, and you don't have anything to show for it. You don't have anything to show for it. You know how many people I went to college with and after graduation was like working at the mall? You don't have anything to show for it. So are you going to, if you can't channel that, that learning into some meaningful endeavor, some meaningful way to either help, empower, build, encourage other people, then it's all for naught. Okay? And you're going to waste your money. You're going to need protection from deceivers because talent attracts deception. Who's representing your financial interests? Who, who's managing you? Do you have this? And people will take advantage of your naivete. This is another reason why you need God's protection. You need protection from thieves, especially in this age in social media. People are using the case method to build their platform. Case stands for copy and steal everything. This is why people watermark and copyright and trademark because originality, it comes at a premium. People don't have original ideas anymore. And you also need protection from yourself. Sometimes the thing that you need protection from most is yourself because what you think is in your best interest is not always the case. Many of us can relate to chasing fool's gold. It sounded like a good idea at the time and we got excited about it and our hearts were in it. But the truth of the matter was it really wasn't what God would have us to do. So that's why we need his protection. The second verse says he gives sleep to his beloved. If God is in it, you're not losing sleep over it. If God is in it, you can, you can rest up. Sealy, posturepedic, sleep number bed, whatever it is, you can have yourself a good night's sleep. But if you're sitting up late at night, worried, anxious, fretting over it, the Bible says it's pointless. It is pointless to stay up late, getting up early, fretting about things that you have no control over. He's saying, I got this. If he's in it, he's got this. Why? Because if God has called you to do something, he's already architected it. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So if he's called you to do something, the plan is already laid out. He is the architect. And so he's like, I'll stay up and keep watch over it because I know exactly what's necessary and what protections you need in order for you to be successful. But if it's your doing, you're paranoid. That anxiety comes from paranoia that you're going to lose it, that somehow it's going to, to leave you and scatter somehow. And if you have that, that's an indication that you need to revisit whether or not God is in it. Know this. If God is in it, he has a vested interest in it. He has what they call a stake in the game. What's the stake in the game? It's for his glory. For his glory. Go back to the first episode. Why would God call Moses and not Aaron? Because if you call the Barack Obama of speakers, who gets the credit? Aaron. Like, oh, yes, he was a bomb speaker. Yes, he said that. I felt that. Yes, okay. He's like, no, I'm not going to use you. I'm going to use the person that's got a speech impediment. I'm, I'm going to use that guy so that you can't give Moses credit. I'm going to need you to give me credit. So when he's architected it, he will architect it in such a way that you know and will communicate that it was nobody but God that got you from point A to point B. When you couldn't figure out a when or a way, a how or a who, God made a way and bam, he's the one that ends up getting the credit. So God has a vested interest in making sure that you succeed. 
Here are some practical check marks to see whether or not you are in or outside the will of God. Like, am I in? Am I out? First thing you should do is pray about it. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. In other words, God says there are no stupid questions. If you are in any way unsure, ask me and I will not look at you sideways. Then there's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We know this one. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean, what? Not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Here's my problem. God made me a natural born idea generator. I need a second brain to house and be able to implement all the ideas that run through my head in a given day. It is incredible. The problem is a lot of those are just like my ideas. And so usually I will have this great idea and then I'll start putting the wheels into motion and then I'll pray about it. And God is looking at me like, boo-boo, you should have been talking to me way back at the inception stage. When you was thinking about it, when you was getting excited about it, that was the time to come holler at me. But you got excited about it. You start putting wheels in motion. You start doing stuff. And now you want to say, okay, Lord, come on. Bless it. Make it happen. Let's go. And God is like, mm-mm. Your priorities are all askew. So I'm going to let you fall and see what you learn from this. And then maybe we can try this again next time. And then there is the great commandment. So this is the litmus test. It says, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So how do you know are you operating within the will of God? Number one, is what you're doing demonstrating love for God? Number two, is it demonstrating love for other people? If you can pass it through that filter nine times out of no, ten times out of ten, you are on the right path. You're on the right path. He said, there is nothing greater than these. In the Old Testament, there was like all these commandments that nobody could keep because if you broke one, you broke them all. Then you had to go and get like bulls and lambs and goats and beans, greens, tomatoes, the greatest, like all that type of stuff. You had to go and get all this stuff. Yes, you name it. You had to go and get all this stuff and try to, you know, like atone for your sins. But no, like after Jesus came and died on the cross, he was like, look, scratch all that. If you can do one and two, you all good. Okay, so is God in it? You can determine that whether or not it shows love for God, does it show love for your neighbor, for, you know, your fellow man. So that is it. That is the end of episode number two. And so here comes my favorite part of pod class, where we get to hear from our listeners, from our audience, and see what was the takeaway that jumped out at you. The takeaway that I got from this is that I have to make sure that what I'm doing God is involved. This past week or so, I've been uh, doing my business. I've uh, been kind of like having a double side. It's not, it's not as fun no more. It's not like what the energy began when I first had the goal and this is what I want to do and find myself that I'm not liking what I'm doing. It's because I'm finding myself doing things that not necessarily what was intentionally my beginning. Then I had that moment where where I first had it right with God, and then it became me. And it's funny, 
when you start, when God, like you said, that hand take away, it, it, it really, you, you do feel the effects of it. But then when you put it back underneath God, you do feel the covering, the blessings, and the favor of the Lord return back. So the greatest takeaway for me, and take it from, I think, everyone that's listening and been there, if you don't have God in it, it's so hard to get through it. But when God with it, you make it through it. In the book of Revelations, when God is talking to the churches, there's a church, um, I want to say it's Ephesus. I'll put this in the show notes too, because I don't I hate to give wrong scriptures. But he said he starts by saying, You are doing some great things. I love what you're doing here. I love what you're doing there. You did this, you did that. And then here comes the but, right? He says, But I have somewhat against you. He said, I kind of I kind of got something against you. He said, You have forgotten your first love. You don't have that same excitement. Like when you first got saved, you was on fire. When you start, first started serving me, you was on. But then you started kind of going through the motions and you started kind of like doing your own kind of like thing and you left your first love. You don't have that same enthusiasm that you once had. And he said, and he said, that's a problem. So, you know, I agree with you exactly what you said. When God is not in it, you feel the difference. Okay, like it's just like night and day. Another takeaway. Uh, my takeaway, my main will be um, when you were talking about how God will lead you when you, um, you know, you have all these different things going on. I was listening when you were saying, you know, you have these ideas and you start to think of, you know, implementing them and kickstarting them and then, uh, then going to God. And I think that's interesting because it made me realize that, you know, I have so many ideas sometimes and things that I feel like, like goals, like so many are always there. And I'm always thinking, like, what should I be doing to meet all these goals? And hearing you talk made me realize that uh, as long as I'm in constant communication with God and he, that he will lead me towards what I need to be pursuing instead of, you know, thinking of all the stuff that I need to be doing all, all the time. Thank you for saying that. You know, a lot of times we really like to kind of like complicate the God thing. Like, how do you know it's the Lord? How do you know? Even if you don't have a rock solid relationship with God, let's talk about vibes for a minute, right? How many of you in here have met somebody and you got a vibe about them? Like you couldn't quite put your finger on it, but something was not quite right with them. You know, it was never stated, but they brought an energy with them and something in your spirit was like, mm-mm. Leave them alone. Leave them all the way alone, okay? Or, you know, we like to say it like this. Something told me to, something told me, oh, something told me to go back and get that thing. Something told me to bring my so-and-so today. Something told me. You know what that something is? That's the Lord, okay? It's that, 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 that inclination that you get that something told me. Yeah, give credit where credit is due. You know, God speaks to us all the time. The problem is when we have, when our hearts are in it, when we're emotionally invested, then we start doubting. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is you is or is you ain't my baby? I don't know, Lord. You know, is this what you want me to do? And for those of you that didn't get that, go back and watch some old Tom and Jerry cartoons, okay? But we, we start kind of doubting and second guessing when the truth of the matter is he speaks to us all the time. We can point to specific situations where the spirit led us in a certain direction. And when we followed it, the results were good. And when we didn't follow it, the results were bad, you know? So let's not overcomplicate the God thing. He speaks to us all the time. So thank you guys so much. This is episode two of the pod class. If you have takeaways, shout outs, things you want to talk about further, hit me up at Dr. Sean Say says, at Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believing Bigger with Dr. Shante. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to follow Dr. Shante, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. Until next time, keep on 
believing bigger.